there will be a time when you're not going to be competing anymore. Your body can only do this for so long. So I would need a plan for after. At only 31 years old, Emily Nishikawa has a full career behind her. She competed in the Olympics twice as a cross-country skier for Team Canada. For a lot of athletes, the game is everything. There's no time to think about what happens once it's over. But Emily wanted to make sure she had a plan for what came next. This is Go the Distance, a podcast from Athabasca University. The world is rethinking education, and distance learning has become a major part of the conversation. To some people, it may seem new and strange, but it's been going on for a long time, creating opportunities and transforming lives. This series will share stories from one of the world's leaders in distance and online education for the past 50 years, Athabasca University, right here in Canada. We hope it can inspire you to start your own path to education. How far will education take you? Emily grew up in Whitehorse. She got into skiing because of her family. My parents brought us out for skis on the weekend and we would head out on the trails. There were amazing facility in Whitehorse and then just really great ski trails there as well. So it was a family activity and they would bribe us with gummy bears and hot chocolate. She had an older brother who started to take it more seriously as he grew up and she followed in his footsteps. I saw him go through the Yukon ski team program, so I thought that looked pretty cool and I wanted to do the same thing. And then after graduating high school, he was on the national ski team as well, and I thought that looked pretty cool, so I was going to aim for that. It wasn't long before she was competing herself. I started competing when I was quite young, just in the Yukon, but when I was 13, I got to represent the Yukon at the Canada Winter Games. I traveled to New Brunswick for that, and yeah, it's kind of the furthest away from home I had been, and yeah, it was a, a big step because I was competing against people up to 10 years older than me there, so I definitely got my butt kicked a little bit there, but it was also a really, just a great like experience for me, and I, I saw skiers that I wanted to become. Having her brother as a model and a resource helped. After high school at the age of 17, she packed up and moved to Squamish, BC, and later Canmore, Alberta to train. I sort of had this vision of where I wanted to go. It wasn't just total shot in the dark, like, I don't know, I'm moving to Squamish and I just want to ski. It was like, yeah, hopefully I can keep developing through my junior years and then eventually make it onto the senior national team, which was what I was able to do. But it, it helped to have that that guidance. And then, of course, the support from my family was crucial through all of that. Emily's training schedule was intense. Maybe anywhere from two to four hours of training. And then you come home, um, have a big lunch, and then have a nap. And then we would head out for an afternoon workout. Definitely a full-time job. By the way, most of the cross-country ski training actually happens in the summer. Throughout the summer, we're doing roller skiing, running, biking, strength training. And then if we can get on snow, that's a bonus. So either by going to New Zealand or going up onto a glacier. Then winter comes and the competitions are relentless. I've spent entire winters in Europe racing on the World Cup. We'll head over in November up to Scandinavia. You arrive 
say on a Monday, you, you train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then race Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then travel to the next place on Monday and kind of repeat that. So it's a, yeah, it's quite a exhausting circuit that we do. So it's no mystery why athletes devote themselves entirely to a sport. But right from the beginning, Emily saw a model for thinking about the long term. Again, it came from within the family. My sister-in-law, actually, she she was on the national team and she competed at the 2010 Olympics. And she also did her undergrad degree through Athabasca. So I, I saw that you can compete at a high level and and get your education done. And then she was able to go right into law school after that. So shortly after Emily started her professional skiing career, she enrolled in a Bachelor of Psychology at Athabasca University. And despite the grueling schedule, she found ways to study. I would usually do it in the afternoon or evenings, get my morning workout training out of the way, get lunch and a nap, and then I'd have some time to study before a second workout or then some time in the evening, kind of after dinner. And studying had its upsides. As I progressed through skiing and through the national team, it was giving me something else to focus on other than just being a skier. And of course, skiing was my primary focus, but being able to come home after a bad day of training or something like that and just switch gears completely and open my textbooks and write an essay or something completely different was actually really beneficial to me and, and a way to um, to remember that I have something else I can focus on if I ever need that distraction. Of course, skiing was still the main goal. And in 2014, after years of hard work, she joined Team Canada at the Olympics in Sochi. It almost felt surreal, like it was something I had thought about and dreamed about for so long. But then when you actually get the phone call, like, okay, you made the team. Yeah, it just felt just this like amazing, I can't believe this is actually happening. And then it's also a big relief because the Olympic trials was so stressful and it was just this weight off my shoulders. Like, okay, I did what I needed to do and I made the team. And now I can take a deep breath and, and just enjoy this next part. In 2018, she went to the Olympics for the second time. Two big things happened to Emily last spring. She retired from professional skiing. It's a big change for me not to be training really hard right now throughout the summer. But I bought a mountain bike this spring, so I've been learning a new skill and and still having fun and um, challenging myself. And she got her psychology degree. My friends and family tease me that's the world's longest undergrad degree. <laughs> it took me 13 years to get through this degree. Um, great thing to have an undergrad at the same time that I retired so that I can kind of just start the next step right away and not kind of start fresh from a, an undergrad. Last fall, she started an after-degree in education. I can picture myself working with younger children in elementary school. I'm also really really loving outdoor education right now. I've been doing some work with the Forest Play program in Canmore this summer. Education was something she'd grown interested in throughout her undergrad and career. I took some educational psychology courses through my Athabasca degree, which I found very interesting. And then as I progressed through my ski career, I was an ambassador with the Classroom Champions program. So I was a mentor to elementary school classrooms across Canada, and I got to meet some amazing teachers through this program as well that have really inspired me to go into education myself and become a teacher. 
Emily has watched as life after sports has become a bigger part of the conversation. They're finding more and more that athletes who have a, a longer outlook on, on life past their athletic career are actually going to perform better. If you don't have those other avenues or outlets in your life and all you are is an athlete, your kind of self-worth is dependent on being an athlete. And if athletics is not going well at a certain time, it, it can be pretty devastating. So having other outlets and knowing that there are other things we can be good at as well as sport really helped me as a to be a more well-rounded athlete and just to uh, make this transition into retirement from athlete life that much easier. Go the Distance is a podcast from Athabasca University. AU, Canada's online university, has been a leader in online and distance learning for more than 50 years. For more information, go to athabascau.ca. Thank you to our guest, Emily Nishikawa. This show is produced by Antica. Our producer is Sheena Rossiter. Our senior producer is Kevin Sexton. Stuart Cox is the president of Antica. On the next episode... I was personally uh, attached to what we call an advanced surgical centre. On a day-to-day basis, I was completing an Athabasca University course. That was in 1999, so our online capabilities in a um, war-torn country was not (laughs) what we would have today. To hear more about how online learning is transforming lives and communities, you can listen to the whole series right now, wherever you get your podcasts.